camera. Action. There we go. You're never going to get tired of that, are you? Winter solstice, shortest day of the year. Did you do anything special? No, I just worked. December drumming tracks coming along. Santa Claus rally. WTF is this? Is it worth paying attention to? China stonks. Are they worth it? For going Trello and using something called Notion. And what is this iOS update with the uh, journaling app? Good question. Folks, Thursday, December 21st, 2023. I'm Stephen Zersky, a Canadian expat living live in here in uh, Beijing, China. And uh, this here is my daily audio podcast posting this. This is like a, uh, I've actually realized this is a, a lifestyle vlog, not a blog, a vlog, plug, <laughs> podcast, log, audio blog. It's, uh, I've been looking into different ways of marketing uh, the various things that I do. And apparently like uh, lifestyle blogging or vlogging or lifestyle content is basically where you kind of forego any of the rules that are sort of stipulated for how certain things are. The other way to do it is uh, to pick a niche. Uh, and then the other one is to uh, go through. There's lifestyle, niche, and there's one other one I can't remember. Um, it might be sort of oh, audience. There we go. So the, some people say if you're going for a certain audience, then you got to pick uh, a, a specific uh, program or platform or app to use. So this being lifestyle, they say it's one of the hardest, and it depends greatly on who you are and what you do and what you're trying to do, more more likely, um, above and beyond, because uh, it's based on you, <clears throat> and if people don't like you, then you're not going to ha have any traction. <laughs> what does that say about me and this uh, wonderful audio blog that I, I, you know, I do put some work into it. Uh, I don't edit it. Uh, I, I have, over time, um, finagled with the post-production. So now it sounds, the, the versions that you hear now sound far better than they used to back in the day. And the, back in the day, I used to not do any audio editing. I wanted it to be as raw and pure as possible. Uh, and I've since uh, corrected that. <laughs> and uh, I started using Logic Pro for um, the iPad. And in that, they have a few plugins that I use. Uh, now, I've recently... I've only recently only started using Logic Pro for the iPad because I'm, I've been trying it out. They have a mastering assistance, a mastering assistant plugin uh, in the, the iPad version. If I were to do this on my MacBook, I have some other programs that I have integrated with Logic that do a bit of a audio post-production cleanup work uh, for uh, the podcast. So if you notice any differences in the last few weeks, I've been using this version for about two weeks now. Uh, prior to that, I was using my Isotope uh, products, uh, plugins, and stuff like that that uh, sort of cleaned up the audio a little bit differently. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think the uh, the uh, Isotope products do clean it up a little bit better. Uh, but for ease of use, I basically, I, I just like using the Logic Pro because it saves a step. Actually, it saves about two steps, to tell you the truth. I don't have to open Logic on my MacBook. I don't have to... Uh, reload all of the templates and stuff like that. So it's just easier to do it this way. If Isotope created, uh, released a, um, a version of its programs for the iPad, I think I might actually have to splurge on it because uh, they, they are very useful 
and uh, but I mean they would mimic exactly what I do on the MacBook. It's just it just simplifies things, and it would mean that I'd have to carry a lot less with me if I were to take this on the road. Not that I. Not that I'm traveling very much. So, winter solstice, shortest day of the year. Did you do anything? I worked all day. <laughs> surprise, surprise. No real problem with that, I'll tell you. Uh, I, I kind of enjoy my little uh, rut that I'm in right now. I've talked about this before. I've been very fortunate in the setup that I have that I am able to work from home. And as a result, I am able to um, get a lot more done. Like, I do a lot of physical exercise. I run quite a bit nowadays. nowadays. I lift weights. I did another little bit of a... Uh, a mace swing fest this uh, afternoon at lunchtime. So I have these mace bells and steel clubs that I have in my uh, my apartment. I don't go to the gym, so I don't ever leave my apartment uh, other than to go running to go work out. Uh, I, I just refuse to pay the membership fees because a lot of them shut down. Uh, they they haven't been very consistent. The uh, they're not very stable, and so as a result, I just I I decided. If I was going to waste uh, three or four or five thousand RMB on a gym membership, I could instead take that five thousand RMB and just buy a bunch of gym equipment and put it in my uh, uh, apartment, which is why I have kettlebells and mace bells and stuff like that. So there is some weight, but it's also nicely packed away so it doesn't take up too much room at all. But winter solstice is here. That means tomorrow uh, days start getting longer. This is actually kind of interesting because um, the it's actually an easy time to go it's difficult because it's cold but it's easy to go see the forbidden city uh, or Tiananmen Square flag raising because they raise it at like suns uh, sunrise or something and they take it down at sunset uh, so it's bloody well cold and Tiananmen Square flat open space like if there is a wind in Beijing even if there is no wind no apparent wind it's there's still wind at uh, Tiananmen Square. It's very rarely just a stale, like a, a stagnant air movement. Not at all. So if you go to Tiananmen Square, you're going to be cold, but it happens at a time of day where it's like you don't have to wake up at three o'clock in the morning or anything like that. You can just, you can basically take the first or even the second subway. Uh, get there at, I don't know, uh, 6.30 or so, and they'll still let you in. Uh, and because uh, they do block it off, actually, that they uh, they block off entrance to Tiananmen Square when they are beginning the flag raising and lowering ceremonies. And so, where, where these guys come from, the uh, the uh, there's a special name for them. I guess there's like the, there's the guardsmen, the ceremonial guardsmen, I guess, that exit Forbidden City. They walk across a little bridge. They and then they have to walk across a is it eight or ten lane highway and no they don't play frogger what they do instead is that as this starts happening the traffic light turns red and the uh the the street cops like the um they have these barriers and they roll them across uh the uh the highway basically and so they stop traffic for the three or four minutes that it takes for the soldiers the ceremonial soldiers to walk across the highway into Tiananmen Square, and then they let the uh, the traffic go. The soldiers do their thing, raise or lower the flag, and then vice versa. They repeat that process again when the soldiers are walking back. So it's basically like staying uh, at a long uh, red light sort of thing. Like it might not be four minutes. It might is it four minutes? I mean, it's not even probably. It's probably about ninety seconds. Uh, ninety to ninety seconds to two minutes or so, a minute and a half, two minutes, 
uh, for them to uh, to cross the highway. And I wonder if they actually time it that way so it's not that inconvenient. All that being said is that they block off the traffic. So if you're going by Tiananmen Square at that time of day, be prepared to be uh, held up. But as a result, uh, the other thing that they, they stopped doing, that they stopped letting people into Tiananmen Square at certain points uh, so that there's no one else coming in while the ceremony is going on or preparing to go on sort of thing. So that's something to keep in mind. If you're ever going to come to uh, China, uh, if you're ever going to stop by Beijing, it is neat to see once. Uh, in the winter, it's better daylight hours, but it's bloody well cold. In the summer, you got to get there at like 4 o'clock in the morning or 3.30 in the morning, and you basically just wait. But the sun will rise at 4.30, 5 o'clock. Uh, at, given, uh, at some point during between like uh, May to September, that, that's a good sort of time as well where it's, it's warm, it's not too cold, it's not too cool. Uh, and it's, you know, you can even do this as you're coming home from the club. That's basically what you can do. <laughs> not that I've done that. It's just something to uh, keep in mind when you are visiting Beijing. December drumming, continuing on. Uh, so I've uh, this is my month of drumming tracks. I've been playing around with uh, bells and timpani and other orchestral uh, arrangements in Logic Pro. Uh, I've been, I haven't been posting these uh, only because... <laughs> I've been recording them very late, and I was actually trying to video record them for a while, but I think I might actually have to get a second camera. Um, I guess I could use my GoPro to do this. I, it'd probably be the cheapest way to do it. Uh, <clears throat> the issue that I'm having with video recording any of this stuff is that if I do it on my phone, it just it, it takes up all the memory on my phone because uh, I have so much other stuff that's sort of plugging it up. I got to... Uh, empty this off, I, I, I guess, but, uh, so I do, I am posting this over on Bandcamp at skirskimusic.bandcamp.com, that's S-K-R-S-K-I-M-U-Z-I-K.bandcamp.com, and that's where you can, uh, have a listen to all the wonderful tracks that I'm creating. Uh, December drumming ends at the end of the month, but then starts the January Song A Day Challenge, so this month, it's only drums and percussion, that's all, and then starting Next month, it's full onslaught of melodic whatever comes to mind, any instrument, anything. It's all musical sketches each and every day for 31 days. Basically, I create, uh, I mean, if a typical album is 12 tracks, I write three tr I, I write three albums in December and then also January. So it's six albums within, yeah, I write about 62 tracks. Now, some of them can be long. Some of them can be short. They're meant to be musical sketches and very much sort of just ideas that come to mind to see if they uh, sort of uh, can work. <laughs> to see if I could make something happen. And that's sort of the most important part about it. They're not supposed to be the most fleshed out things in the world. Um, on Bandcamp, you, you can donate to my cause. You can buy the albums. I think they're $7 US. You can actually buy all three of them, four of them that are currently listed, three of them that are currently listed for, what was it, like 30 bucks or something? Uh, no, less than that. 21, 14, it's cheap, $13, there we go. It's like $14 uh, American uh, that you can uh, purchase all three of the albums. Um, I would hold off because I'm going to be uploading more and at the end of the month, I'm going to have everything uploaded uh, for the December drumming. There's two or three more albums I gotta upload as well that I gotta spend a day doing that and I might be able to get that next week, but I don't know for sure. I've been 
these days are flying by. <laughs> They're just going, and we're busy at work again. I'm not complaining because, again, it's, it's good to be busy. Contrast uh, to this time last year uh, with, uh, it's, no, I, I'd rather be busy than not be busy. And if you're wondering, hey, Steve, what about that newsletter you were writing? Yes, uh, didn't get around to that either today. So if you're wondering, Steve, maybe you're doing so much. Maybe maybe you're doing too much. Have you ever thought of scaling back? And uh, no, I, uh, I, there are fleeting moments where I'm like, yeah, I should, I should maybe either hire somebody to help me or maybe, well, what if you just didn't do so much? The issue with that is that it's an opportunity and all it is is time. And I go, if this is a lifestyle sort of newsletter and vlog and plog and blog and bog or whatever, then you know what? My lifestyle, a bit flexible. I'm going to have to ask your patience for uh, for delivery on some of these things. But this audio podcast, this one gets posted pretty much every evening, Beijing time, Monday to Friday. I mean, there's a few times where it gets pushed back a little bit, but uh, five days a week, this thing gets published. The newsletter, I actually sit down and write. I don't audio that one at all because I do find it is a little bit different to speak and to write uh, differently. All right, so... Uh, Santa Claus Rally, what is this and why does it matter? So this is something that you're probably going to be uh, seeing come across your mainstream media uh, headlines sooner, probably right around now. I saw a few headlines already. So the Santa Claus, Rally, Santa Claus Rally is basically concerning itself with the United States stock markets, stock market, stock exchanges, like the New York uh, Stock Exchange, uh, Dow Jones, um, the NASDAQ things like that, but specifically the Dow Jones and the S&P 500. Those are the two major um, sort of indices, major indices uh, that track stocks that are listed in New York. The Santa Claus rally begins roughly around December 24th, 25th. Maybe Actually, I'm not sure if the market's open on the 25th. It might actually be closed. Uh, I think the 24th is the is a half day, which means that this stock market rally basically starts Christmas Eve, uh, December 24th, or December 26th, and it keeps on going. So it goes until, so it's the last five days of December and the first day, first two days of January. Trading days. It's the last five trading days of December and the first two trading days of January. So it's not January 1st, it's January 2nd and 3rd, if those are trading days, right? So you understand how that works. So what does this mean? Uh, basically, the uh, I just saw last night that the market pulled back a couple percentage points or whatever, and that can be very common that would happen into the Santa Claus rally because it's going to scare some people or close down some margin accounts and stuff like that, which is typically uh, what happens anyway. Uh, it happens from time to time. But around this time of year, um, we see sort of stocks go up into the end of the year at the beginning of the next year, and they sort of hang there for a little while. The Santa Claus rally, so last five trading days of December, first two trading days of January, is often combined with the first five days in January, which gives an indication of how the month of January would go. 
And the January barometer, which is how January sort of plays out in total, is often, it can be an indication of how the rest of the year works. Now, this is not science. There are statistics behind it. In general, you can make the argument that this works, but this is where I need to remind you, watch the percentages. What percentages are they talking about? So in a lot of these articles that are going to talk about this, they're going to say, well, 79% of the time it goes up. So three quarters of the time it goes up. So every three years out of four, it goes up. But one year it can go down. That's what they said. Percentage-wise, 75 to 80% of the time, it works. It goes up. How much? Well, I mean, the it can go up about 0.8%. It can go, sorry, 0.1%, 0.8%. It can go 5%. All right, so 0.8%. So basically, 1%, basically. Out of a hundred, out of a ten thousand dollar investment, it goes up one percent. You make a hundred bucks in those five days. Is it life changing? Is this material materially different in your life? Negligible, negligible. So this is something where, you know, it's it's kind of fun for the media to grasp onto it because it gets everybody in a frenzy, but. Just look at how often it actually happens, the magnitude of it happening, so like how, what's your return on investment, and does it matter? Because if you're not short-term trading this, and it doesn't matter in the long scheme of things, the longer sort of uh, play that happens in the stock market is usually between October and May, those you buy at the big, uh, at the end of October and you sell sometime in May and you just don't look at the market again. And you can typically repeat that many, many, many years in a row and you're going to have more successes than losses. Now, of course, you're going to have to look at your own stocks, your own investment, your own risk uh, profile and tolerance and do your own due diligence and definitely don't take podcasters at their words for how things work in the stock markets, especially about your own money, because it is your responsibility. You make it. Just be understanding that the market does go up. It goes down. Yes, there's a lot of people that are involved. You could say it's a scam. It is not. It is sort of heavily flooded with people with a lot of money who pay a lot of other people to do research and pay attention to one thing, and they pay a lot of people to make programs that can do those things. So if you, Mr. Little Man or Little Woman, do not have access to that, you it's very hard for you to scream unfair, scream foul, that, oh, the market's rigged, when if you had the money to pay a team of people, of programmers, to analyze data to give you uh, the percentages that you could not... When your 1% return over five days is more than people make in a year, you might look at things a little bit differently, if you, if you get what I mean. like If you're pulling in 100 grand off of a, you know, a five-day trading period, <laughs> okay, let the markets be unfair. You made $100,000. But if you're only making 1%, it's only... If you're only making $100 off of that from your $10,000 investment, yeah, you're probably going, well, you know, 
I don't really pay attention to these things anyway. Sure you don't, because you're not making any money. Wait till you actually make some money, then you'll start paying attention. China stonks, are they worth it? This is uh, kind of interesting that, uh, so a lot of things have been beaten up over the last couple of uh, uh, weeks, and uh, China stonks are amongst those that have been pretty much left for dead. <laughs> Maybe not completely dead just yet, but as, as is usual, the news about China and its economy and its policies and everything else is pretty negative in the Western media. And now I do uh, look at the Chinese markets as well here, like the A shares, not the not those listed in Hong Kong, but the ones that trade in Beijing and in Shenzhen and Shanghai. Uh, and I recently saw a, a Wall Street Journal article that says Wall Street has forsaken... Um, uh, what do you call it, uh, China, because it is, uh, it's just not what they want to do anymore. And they don't want to put any money into it. Uh, so they're kind of, I guess they're selling China and instead they are looking to put their money elsewhere. But this, when typically this happens, this usually happens at a bottom. That's usually when you start looking at it and you start buying and that presents a pretty good opportunity to, uh, well, make a bit of money. So China stocks, are they worth it? Worth it? Uh, it looks like there is a bit of a bottoming action going on in the, the Chinese markets, which could indicate that uh, they might do well in 2024, coinciding with the uh, presidential election in the United States. Um, so again, do your own due diligence, do your own research, uh, check what else is available for you and uh, make sure that you are spending your monies in the way that you think is best to uh, present a good return on investment for you. Forgoing Trello and instead looking at using Notion. I'm going to have to talk about this a little bit more at another time, but this Notion and this latest update in iOS, and I see that my iPad's trying to reboot. I hope it doesn't kill my program here, uh, but uh, iOS has just updated with a new journaling app as well. Now, I've been looking at these different programs and kind of wondering, like, why would I need something like this? And in trying to collate or collect or consolidate or keep track of all of my ideas that I've got for different projects all over the place, I've been sort of looking at other ways to make it easier. Journaling app, I don't know is going to work really well, but this is just a new one, so I haven't really uh, looked at it just yet. Notes has been good for now, but there are limitations that I'm running into in order to like organization, but the cloud feature is fantastic. But Notion, this is a web-based note-taking wiki uh, app type thing. Looks pretty good, very customizable, a little bit of a learning curve, but it's one of these things that it's like it combines to-do lists uh, it can integrate with APIs and stuff like that, which looks pretty good, like Twitter and things. So that sounds like it's a good idea. would make life easier in some ways. Uh, but it's also, since it's online and browser-based, you can access it from anywhere, any device, which is a whole lot better than, you know, pen and paper, I guess, which is what I do quite a bit of. I, I like to get away from the computer sometimes and just do some thinking away from the, the screens, the blue light that is apparently so bad for your eyes, as I'm told so many times each and every day. 
All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks are, are available up on my website, stevenskirsky.com. And, of course, uh, don't forget to check out uh, skirskymusic.bandcamp.com for all the audio fun that I'm having over there. All right, folks, thanks again. Stay warm out there. Eat your broccoli with your mustard, mustard and uh, we'll do this again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.